is that guy? When the rainy days are dying, gotta keep on, keep on trying. All the bees and birds are flying. Where is the love? Oh, you let me go. <laughs> <laughs> you hurt me. You cut me deep, Shrek, but I forgive you because that's what friends are for. My dad's Bruce Lee coming in hot into your ear holes, and we are joined by the illustrious, the incredible, talented, handsome, probably the best-looking guy we've had on the podcast to date. I thought you were going to say today. <laughs> today. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Burnsy. He's got, yeah, million-dollar smile, star of the West End, rock star, rock god. He's got about 19 abs. Ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful Mr. Cameron Sharp. Hey. What an introduction. I full named him as well. Make yeah, sure you use my that. full name, my equity name. Please, guys, <laughs> just my fans will want to hear my full name. Which is actually a point. So congratulations, Cameron. You've said three words and you're already on the scoreboard. Welcome to my dad's Bruce Lee. Hello. We're not entirely explaining the point system, but what I am going to do is give you a rundown from the top of the table to the bottom. Currently at the top on 11 points. And I'll do the drum roll. Mr. Stephen Barry. Da, 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 da. Second place, eight points. Myself, Dave Rogers. Nath, illustrious. Uh, let's call him the executive producer. He's yeah. on seven points. Uh, Tom. Uh, maybe eight for his flashing, but uh, we'll keep him on seven for yeah, now. Yeah, we'll keep him on seven. Do you know what? Uh, Tom Devereaux was on five and has picked up two points to go up uh, to seven points. Firstly, by being late, so that was a point, and then Tardiness. he actually no-showed, which is another point. So he's on seven. Uh, Grace is on five. Gareth, two. Claudio Ranieri, still on two. He's not progressed since the first show. No. Pete is on one. Oh, I missed Burnsy. He, uh, in his performance, racked up five pretty quickly. Solid. And then leveled out. So he is uh, level on points with Grace and Cam a run sharp is on one point so welcome you're to the off show. the board do i get to know what the point system is it'll or? you'll you'll work it out you'll okay, figure it out i feel like you guys have had an unfair time advantage well that's another point so <laughs> don't don't come after the system mate the system's fine system is great we we surrender a will as of this date uh cameron chap for our many 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 listener please <laughs> Please uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're on the My Dad's Bruce, why you're interesting, which is why you're on the My Dad's Bruce Lee podcast. <laughs> um, you know, is, is this the part where I where I reel off my CV? And you, this is essentially, it's like a Tinder bio. Give us, <laughs> give cool. us the background. Um, so I'm an actor uh, and singer. Um, as you said in the start, um, mostly sort of West End stuff. I've been quite lucky since graduating to do a few shows. Uh, shall I do? Shall I do the list? It's not very long. I wouldn't worry too much. Don't um, ask him to do the list. Wait till he <laughs> hangs himself. <laughs> I'm aware this is going to get me lots of points. I hope I get a point per thing that I name now. So um, I graduated. When was it? 2013. And then I did Rock of Ages in town in the West End. And then I, in, in town, town, in town. Give him a point for town. Yeah, <laughs> it's a stagey oh, point. Right we there. call it town. Yeah, in the biz. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then I did the Rock of Ages tour, um, then various other things. I've done Avenue Q, I did a show called Ushers, I did Jesus Christ Superstar at Regent's Park. And then for the last two years, I did School of Rock, just down the road from where we are now. 
Amazing. Quite the CV. Uh, tends anything, basically any show that has the word rock in the title, yeah. Cameron Sharp's getting employed by. Yeah. Tell you a good story about Cameron Sharp. I auditioned for School of Rock. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Smashed it. Nailed my audition. Turned up to the callback, feeling like the absolute. <clears throat> turned up to the callback. Who did I meet in the waiting room? Cameron Sharp. So I was like, oh, great. So I'm not getting the job then. <laughs> yeah. That's and there's the podcast. Live it, my yeah. bitterness. We end it there. I mean, you were talking about town. I mean, I once played Joseph in town, but that town was Brecon in South Wales. <laughs> I think that counts. Ah, the valleys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Cam, you're up to three points already. Oh, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm going to come straight in with the question. Out of all those shows that you mentioned, yep. which one was the best? Uh, probably Jesus Christ Superstar. Why? Um, the the production was amazing, and, and this is probably going to get me a point, and I hope it does. You we, got ripped during it. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, yeah, there was. A, I did have to wear no top for part of it, so that was good. Oh, and mate, we had to dance you were a born lot. for that part. I, how did I not right? get that job? <laughs> <laughs> but also, we won an Olivier for it, so that was my clang moment. But, <sighs> no, no, we'll let that off. I yeah, wish, we'll let that off. I wish yeah, I could yeah. give you a point for that, but that is... Uh, is we'll respect the live. Um, so that was your favourite. Yeah, uh, or Rock of Ages. I loved Rock of Ages. My which first. which show did you get ripped in? During the for <laughs> anyone who doesn't know, Cameron has about nineteen abs. <laughs> I do not. He posts about them all the time as well. It's like, oh, please like my Facebook photo with all my abs. Yeah, that happens. That bit's true. Yeah. What's your uh, so I've not... I want to know which show we got oh, ripped yeah. okay, in because when I, when I first met Cameron, he yeah. was he was a young man, a young buck, <laughs> studying his craft. Amazing voice. Everyone would see that. He was all right looking. Um, is a bit of like yeah, th- there was a thickness to him. Oh, definitely. He had a bit of thickness about him. And then I didn't see him for a couple of years. And then this bronzed, rippled Adonis gave me a wave one day in Tesco, and I was like, "All right, mate, chill out. I know I'm a good-looking <laughs> fella, but take it easy." And it turns out it was Cameron Sharp with abs up to his earballs. How many clicks have you shifted? That's how much weight have you lost? Exactly. <laughs> I had to translate. Look, I, I looked. Yeah. I looked at Steve then with like absolute I, puzzlement. I'd sorry. I briefly forgot that we went to in a rugby podcast. Then yeah. I'm really sorry. I was like, what? Yeah. How um, much? I think I was probably two stone heavier when at Mount View than I am now. Yeah. So yeah, a good two stone. Nice. Fair play. Yeah. Quite the fitness yeah. journey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Clicks is usually kgs. You'd say I'm coming uh, in around eighty-five clicks. Okay. So that would be what, like twelve, fourteen. Impressive, Thanks, maybe. That's, impressive. Yeah, good, good work, mate. Well played. And what was the? Uh, well, let's. Well, it's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. Talk to you about the uh, Cameron Sharp fitness journey because that's interesting. Oh, but make it, it interesting. Don't make it boring. Don't be just like, <laughs> yeah, I ate a load of chicken and broccoli and worked out really hard. And like, tell us about what prompted. What was the moment where you said, I've got to change something here? Um, it wasn't as that actually much of a conscious decision, which is like the worst possible answer to that question. But um, I was on I was on tour with Rock of Ages and I had nothing to do. Just started doing heroin. <laughs> <laughs> and that just really shifts the clicks. Class A is a fantastic <laughs> clue, isn't it? Um, no, and I... Uh, I had oh, your agent's lot. not going to be happy about that quote when we put it up on the internet. <laughs> yeah, please don't open with that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just had not a lot to do on tour, but go to the gym because you get a bit bored being in a different city every week. Really? Um, so a lot a lot of actors and, and people that I've talked to find the opposite. They find they pile on the weight on tour because, yeah. uh, for instance, I had a friend who performed in, in Buddy Holly and they eventually called it Blubby Holly towards <laughs> the end of the tour uh, or Chubby Holly, any version of that because you, you finish a show and what's open but 
McDonald's or KFC yeah, or something true. like that. And that was a big that was so that was a big part of it. I decided I wasn't going to eat me- a meal after the show at any point. So I kind of just went right. I'm going to try and go to the gym as often as I can when I've got nothing to do in the day, and then when I've I'll eat normally throughout the day, but then no like late night snacks. And then I also used to turn all of my meals into sandwiches. So I used to like even like lasagna or anything. I'd be oh, like, a I'm lasagna gonna, sandwich! I'd be like, I'm going to put this on some bread. Oh no, I want a lasagna that? sandwich. I mean, if you can double up on carbs, why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. You know? And then I kind of went right. I need to cut out this bread thing. So Stop I kind of just got sandwiches. rid of bread. Is lasagna sandwich an example you've just made up in your head, or did that actually? Oh no, I did used to do that. Fair play. Or even like a roast dinner, I'd be like, can I have some bread? <laughs> and just pile like mashed potato on a sandwich. That's wonderful. Oh, oh God, now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, when you are uh, abs worth it i mean you could be having lasagna sandwiches right now <laughs> oh no no i don't i don't crave that anymore <laughs> uh. did it make you a better performer oh the, the probably losing the weight not the lasagna sandwich <laughs> um probably not probably hopefully made me more castable um if anything it's probably made me a less i mean a lot of singing teachers would argue that you're it's harder to breathe and harder to sing the more that you sort of constrict home. constrict yeah. the abdominal muscles yeah that's the thing you oh, like Pavarotti wasn't great in the gym no. but he could he could hit a few notes he could breathe know? yeah yeah and uh, he had he had a lasagna too in his time <laughs> what a boy <laughs> what an absolute boy um so it's just been a steady progression towards healthy yeah lifestyle. pretty much and just yeah mostly diet just trying to cut out you know all the all the things that you should have you know you should cut out but don't any vices you still cling to Oh. Hmm. You were talking to Cameron, but you were looking at me. What was? <laughs> I just like looking at you, Dave. <laughs> oh, I still love chocolate. Chocolate's my definitely my weakness. Which chocolate? The well, fans, the the cam fans. What are the fam famarons? Fanarons. <laughs> the sharpies. What do they call the themselves? Sharpies. There is the sharpies. There actually is a fan page. Can I, that's going to be a point. That's yeah, a point. that's an absolute and then when I quit, point. When I, stop, stop right there. That is not only a point for the fan page, that is another point for you saying, well, that'll be a point. Arrogance yeah. is not tolerated. <laughs> you don't run this game. Yes. We're getting real points handy, aren't we, at the minute? Five. <laughs> Today has been just, bang, you get a point, you get a point. Yeah, Oprah, <laughs> giving out points. Go on, so well, tell us about the fans. Well, no, you just you asked what the name was. <laughs> they, they call themselves the cameos. Oh, I, like, I do like that. I prefer the Sharpies. Do you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, because you could do the Sharpie shuffle when you see. <laughs> yeah, but you could have rival fan factions. Yeah. That'd really kick it off, oh, wouldn't you? Oh, the cameos versus the, the Sharpies. Sharpies. yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to know that Steve's running that one. Then. And the do-run-runs. <laughs> <laughs> when you eventually get famous enough to have, like, charity events and you could have a football match, which would be the cameos versus the Sharpies. Oh, yes. or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, if I ever get a job. I'll play, <laughs> I'll play centre-back. For the... Sharpies. Sharpies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate those cameos. <laughs> <laughs> they don't support them like we do. I know. Part You're just in it for the hooliganism, aren't you? Not Listen, for the sport. <laughs> I'm going to be, <laughs> be battering some poor 13-year-old teether nerd. <laughs> Who's won an Instagram Get competition. <laughs> Nobody cares about Hamilton. <laughs> Uh, listen, let's keep it focused in my sort of Parkinson-esque role here in the uh, podcast. Cool. Fitness journey. Yes. Is there any specific goal or is it just overall health? Just overall health. Yeah, definitely. And you talked briefly about uh, aesthetically pleasing, which makes you more castable. Yeah. Well, I just thought while I'm uh, while I'm younger, I thought I might as well look after myself now and then hopefully I can fit into those kind of characters that exist. What's your casting? I don't know. I mean, I'm a bit, I'd like to say leading man, but I'm a bit short, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair, it's a fair <laughs> answer. 
<laughs> one of the kids in Matilda. Oh, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> Bruce, I could have been Bruce. You could have been there. Bruce, yeah. Bruce Bogtrotter. <laughs> yeah, previous Cameron could have been Bruce. Not this Bruce. A new Bruce Bogtrotter, just lean, ripped, absolute god of a man. <laughs> That's why he hates eating the cake so much. That's it's it. Real, it's real torture for him. We found the true subtext of Matilda here. Uh, yeah, so casting... Yeah, kind of. You kind of dance around it there. You kind of said, "I want to be leading man, but short, but I'm too short." What is your casting? Um, if you had to be a step outside the box, step outside the Cameron. I guess I usually box. play like quite, yeah, like the the younger kind of, uh, sort of quite commercial looking guy in a show. Yeah, and because I tend to sing quite rocky stuff and poppy stuff, that that fits. All right. Fair yeah. enough. That's a nice little segue into the next uh, little point I had here on my notes on Cameron Sharp, which is talk to us a little bit about your singing background because the Cameron Sharp I met yeah. was very much uh, classical, sort of a high tenor, yeah. singing sweet, lovely songs. And then along with the radical physical changes, you <laughs> now seem to have been typecast as we need a we need a awesome kick-ass rock, rock singer who, you know, will melt faces, let's get Cameron Sharp. So how did that determine? How did that come about? Yeah, so I mean, I, yeah, I always did classical stuff. I started doing that when I was a lot younger, um, literally like 11 or 12 years old. That was all I used to sing growing up. Then I did... Nerd. Nerd, I know, <laughs> the absolute theater nerd. Um, and then I did singing with a rock band as well, sort of throughout my teenage years, like a lot of people did. Um, so I always kind of did a bit of both, but then in definitely in the theater world, I was much more comfortable singing like, the legit kind of classical theater stuff yeah um but then i think it was partly to do with how i look maybe and also because my first job happened to be rock of ages right and i think their thing was kind of we need someone who can sing high and literally sing high enough to to sing this song to sing this show and i happened to be able to reach the note they needed yeah so then i think they were like cool you'll do go in Grand. and then from there that part of my voice got a bit stronger and yeah, and, and because of how I look changed a bit, I think it also started to suit that style more. So I worked on that more. Oh, fair enough. And yeah. do you think, here's a, here's a bit of a, for all our theatre nerds, for all the camis, cameos out there, <laughs> it, is classical legit singing the basis, the background, the place to go to, to start no matter what you're going to sing? I think so, yeah. I, I really do. Because I'm, I'm of the same opinion, which is that if you want to sing anything, if you can do the bel canto style or you can do the more classical style... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's myself boring myself there. <laughs> if you can do that style, it lends itself to you being essentially able to to mold your voice into. Yeah, I think it gives you a kind of technical foundation that you can you can build on without worrying about damaging your voice. Because a lot of the sounds that you make when you're singing rock, people kind of go, "Oh, how do you do that without losing your voice?" Yeah, but how I do think, you do that? Well, I just think for for me, as long as it's as long as it's not hurting and it's not it's not tiring you, like in in you can feel that it's not tiring your voice at the time. Yeah, I think as long as you're breathing well and you're you've got that kind of technical background, and you know what you're doing, you're not just kind of shouting. And you know? one last one on this because I I know it's interesting to me. Did you go to a specific teacher and say this is what I need to sing? How do I do it? Uh, no, I didn't at the time. I I do I see a guy now called Mark Malin who's incredible, um, but that's only a very recent recent thing. How expensive are singing lessons, by the way? So expensive, ridiculous. You want to make money. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to make money? <laughs> step one, sell Class A drugs to uh, musical theater people on tour. <laughs> and step two, singing lessons. So expensive. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Crazy. Like 50 quid for a half hour. Like ridiculous money. 
If you were a singing teacher listening to this, you're a criminal. Yeah. You're worse than Gaddafi. The thing is, though, who's going? Who's going to those? Because for somebody like you, who is in argue- in town, darling, I'm in town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Somebody, somebody who's in town. Then you know, you've probably got fifty quid in your sock right now, so that's fine, and that is a genuine <laughs> investment in your future. Because hopefully, you'll sing forever. I really hope you do. But are there people paying fifty pound for these singing lessons who are essentially shit? Because there are a lot of people who will say, oh, God, I wish I could sing like you. And the fact of the matter is you can't. And yes, you can teach singing, but you need to be able to sing to begin with. It's not like playing piano or playing guitar where there are levels of, right, if you have a lesson with that guy, he charges £30 an hour. In six months' time, even if you can hardly pick the thing up, you'll be able to busk your way through Wonderwall and that'll be it. But there's not really an end goal with singing, is there? No, I know. I see what you mean. A lot lot of it, I think, is how you're naturally like how you're phys- physiologically set up and whether you can happen to be able to make those sounds in the first place yeah so i i'm kind of on the peripheries yeah. of this conversation because i can sing a little bit i can't sing to the, the Mate, same level i've as never heard a sugar babes cover better than yours well yeah, we did hear that earlier today and that right. was just today's um <laughs> but i could have had a singing lesson every day from the age of four and i could have breathed right and I could have trained my vocals correctly but I still wouldn't be able to sing the same range as Bruno Mars. Uh, yeah. See, so the issue I have with that is uh, I think people seem to take that attitude without and in, in many ways it takes away from the work that say someone like Cameron for example has done because you just go oh well he can sing like that. No, he no, was no. born with that. No, that's not. I know, I know that's not what you're saying but I'm saying that is a, quite a common misconception yeah. but it is the same as any other other instrument or sporting pursuit it's the 10,000 hours basis Mm -hmm. so you heard Cameron talk about you know from the age of 11 doing singing lessons so he has you know by the time he was 21 he has 10 years of a basis of training essentially so if you if you compare it to the sporting world say for example someone starts you know doing strength and conditioning at the age of 11 by the time they turn 21 they're a monster and they've (laughs) put the time in and earned that so while they might not have the fast twitch muscle fibers of Usain Bolt, they are probably going to be an exceptional athlete if they've done 10 years of training. Do you know what I mean? Well, with regards to the singing lessons thing, then particularly Mm -hmm. from 11 years of age, do you think no matter how many lessons you have, no matter what a teacher tells you, you still need a certain amount of thought process yourself? So you two are, are great examples of this because you can sing multiple different styles, but your training, as you mentioned previously, is in classical singing. What I hear with a lot of young singers who are starting their lessons is they realize that they can generate this power and they can breathe and you know it might impress their friends in the playground. But as soon as you put them in a performance environment, all you get is that and all of the feel disappears and they're almost not listening to the musicians or listening to the track or judging the audience. They're just belting these songs out. So at what point in your journey was that bit switched off and you realised that it is about the training, but at the same time it is about the performance as well? That, that's really interesting. It, it's that sort of touching on whether, whether musicality in general, going back to your point about people learning to play guitar and learning to play keyboard, whether musicality is is innate or whether that is learned or... I would both. argue that is it, it is a, a environment, nurture, nature kind of thing and that a certain amount of it is innate and is intelligence because to put it in a sporting parallel, you can teach 
the you can teach an out half two things. You, you can teach them two out halves the same thing. One's Danny Cipriani, and he's going to be a creative genius and have all the darkness that comes with it. One's Owen Farrell, and he's going to spend hours and hours kicking goals over there, you know, hmm. kicking at the post. They can have the exact same training, but you have individual personalities and characteristics. And I think the musicality is something that you can be a rote learner or you can be intuitive and clever. And I, I definitely think that's an individual thing. Okay. What's, We've gone around in circles here. What's better? I would argue musicality is better because you can... you can, Why are we alive, Dave, if not to feel, <laughs> if not to connect? And you know what I mean? While someone who can play something is impressed... Perfect example for you. If you go to a recital of the violin or the harp, it's amazingly impressive for 10 minutes and then after a while you're kind of like, oh, mm. well, your fingers move fast. Congratulations. I bet you have a wonderful time alone in your room. <laughs> <laughs> but if, and it's the same, it's the same with an opera singer. Say you can go and hear someone sing these lovely loud notes and you go, oh, that's, that's great. But if there's no connection and there's no like that musicality, then what's the bloody point? No, absolutely. Put a CD on. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I think, all my the favorite the artists that kind of affect me the most and that I'm the most amazed by are people I'm just trying to think of someone on top of my head but like Jeff Buckley for example who's who when you listen to him sing you you can feel everything that he's feeling yes. through his voice yeah and there might be times where his voice makes some quite unusual sounds where you're kind of like well that's not technically, technically perfect it's yeah. not necessarily pretty but it but it does something to you while you're listening to it here's a good question taken on from that because so i went to see a west end show which will remain nameless so i don't black black mark my name forever <laughs> and i went to see it and uh it was a it was a soul show so there was soul music now to me soul music is a very particular brand of music mm -hmm. uh and has to have a rawness and has to have an a and aggression and sexuality, all this. Oh, what an absolute wankery conversation. You know, and how's time rawness and aggression? You give me a point for that. Yeah, yeah I am. Actually, I'll take yeah. it. That's, that's <laughs> fair enough. Um, and I went and I saw it and I was extremely disappointed by the lack of that. And here's my question, which is, in order to sing the show, the range, eight shows a week, mm -hmm. which you guys do, which means you're freak athletes when it comes to singing, they have, singers have to place it in a certain safer register. Because if you go out and scream yeah. for eight shows a week, you're going to last three weeks and then you're going to have yeah. to take months off. Is that Does yeah. that irk you that you're, yeah, I think you it, lose something? I think that a lot of that can be helped and, and often isn't helped by um, the way that the sound on shows is set up. Some shows, for example, School of Rock was great and so was Rock of Ages. I think rock shows know they have to do that. Yeah. And they have to have the sound so loud for you on stage and so clear and so heavily folded back so that you can, when you're singing, you can monitor yourself. Yeah. And I think I haven't experienced this personally, but I've heard that other shows don't put much attention, don't give much attention to that. Okay. And I think that is unhelpful to the performers. Mm. But I see what you mean that, um, yeah, do, is it a, do you lose, do you compromise on the excitement of watching that, of, of seeing that one individual live moment because it has to be repeated Eight, eight, eight times, times a week. that week, yeah. yeah. Um, I, th I wonder if there's more room, just thinking about how that could be helped, whether there's more room for like what they do on School of Rock where the lead guy, Dewey, the, the, the character Dewey Finn, is, um, has an alternate, but the alternate does three shows a week. Okay. And mm. the lead guy does five. And so what's the usual? Six the usual and two? is uh, seven and one, I think. Seven and one. Is, is if you have an alternate. Okay. So for that's only obviously for a part that they, that they think um, 
warrants having an alternate that's big enough. But um, I wonder whether they could do that kind of thing more so that, for example, opera singers will only ever do, what, two, three, four shows in a week at the most. Yeah. Um, for that reason. So not not even for, that. Not yet, even so that yeah. Well, one of the great examples I, I, I heard was I talked to a mutual friend of ours who was performing with uh, Eva Noblezada. Is oh, that yeah. how you pronounce yeah, yeah. her name? I believe so. And he said she, she goes off sick kind of once every couple of months. And uh, there was another performer who was uh, an American guy who was doing it who just was never sick ever. And he said the reason she goes off sick is that she literally empties herself yep. every performance. And that you can't, you, as a result, that's why she's incredible. That's yeah. why audiences love her. But he said you can't physically do that and, and live a normal yeah. life, if that makes sense. Yeah, but would, I think I'd subscribe more to her mentality for that, that, that while you're on there and while you're doing that part, you should just go full out, give it everything you can. Learn how to, what you need to do in your day and what you need to do after the show to monitor that. For example, I didn't drink for the whole two years I was on School of Rock yeah. at all. Because I just just thought, just the heroin, only the class A's. Yeah, just stick, class to, A's. stick to them. I want to. I want to <laughs> come back to that, but that sort of brings me into pop music. Um, so I remember pot or pop, pot music. Yeah, pot music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> buffalo soda. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no pop music where you'll go. Sometimes people will go to a show just to see almost a specific moment like the singer hitting one note or performing one song or to be a part of that and i remember my mum and my sister years ago went to see the legend shout out to p Rodge. big shout, up yourself big, big up p Rodge and little c Rodge. she hasn't got much of a shout out on this uh but she they went to see uh, Kelly, kelly clarkson oh, yeah. right and you go to Kelly Clarkson. To, that is exactly it. And you know the massive note she hits at yeah. the end. Again and again and again. That, that was me, one. by the way, not yeah. Cameron. You might yeah. have thought that was a professional. You might have thought no. that Kelly Clarkson. It's like just, Kelly. Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Thanks right, for singing Kelly. that one note. Um, she didn't hit the note in the show. And she just sort of popped the microphone out to the crowd. And uh, another mate of mine went to see, that's, uh, what's his name, John Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't do any oh, yeah, of the like living on a prayer. Yeah. And Eric Clapton doesn't play the Layla riff. And I'm like, well, what's what's the point? Yeah, it's hard, that isn't it? Because there are things that are, that you can do in a studio that you would not really be able to replicate. Replicate. On stage. Well, that was the feeling I had when I went to see this show. It's back to this whole conversation. Mm. Is I wanted to see like someone absolutely ripping the guts out of the songs, yeah. which are big, hearty soul songs. And instead, I got a really safe really technically well-delivered performance, which just is nothing about that speaks of soul, does but, it? But not everyone in the room will have thought mm-hmm. like you. And sim- yeah. similarly to, you know, my mum mum was a singer, my sister's a singer. They really wanted to see that, but everyone else would have probably been really happy just ripping their head back and having a terrible attempt yeah. at, at hitting that note. Uh, and, but going back to the point you were making about sort of not drinking for that two years, mm-hmm. Was there at any point, because obviously it is a, well, I would assume it's a dream to be cast in a role like that and it's almost the the, the pinnacle of everything and hopefully it'll keep evolving. Was there any point in that two-year spell where you just thought, get me off this ride, get me out of here, I'm done? Um, Actually, for me, there wasn't. A lot of people do go through that. Um, And I think the guys who play the the lead role, um, because it's so physically demanding, it's got, I think... I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say like, from my experience anyway, it's got to be one of the biggest parts that there is, the the Dewey 
Finn, 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 of yeah. course, because he literally he just does not leave the stage. He's off. He's off stage for probably five or ten minutes in the entire show. Two hours of the mm. show, um, and they, I think, a lot of them hit a point where they that exact thing where they're kind of like, I, I can't, I can't keep doing this to my body, to my voice, to my, to my brain, because a lot of people who aren't involved in theater kind of think, oh, well, it's great. You only work those three hours in the evening. Mm. And, but obviously the entire day you're, you're, you're spent gearing up to that. It's kind of, you know, there'll be people go for a massage or like a vocal massage to get everything set up ready They Maybe don't speak until five o'clock in the afternoon because they're worried about their voice going like various different things people do. Um, but yeah, I think certainly some people do just hit a point where you're like, this is exhausting. Did you have to miss anything? Ooh. Did meaning, it? Did it? Did it? <laughs> meaning like, weddings, yeah, birth things. of your child. Did I? I don't think. I think I was <laughs> birth of my child. <laughs> um, no, I think I. What's what is really nice about working on a show in London? I didn't say town that time. Is um, <laughs> he's looking at his point sheet. <laughs> yeah. Is is that uh, you do get holidays and like normal kind of working. Okay you know uh, sort of benefits and perks which you don't get when you're on tour or when you're in other mm. kinds of versions of shows okay so, so you do get the chance to kind of have a life around it which is quite nice and do you still love musical theater and <laughs> um, I, I definitely listened to a lot less musical theater than <laughs> i did definitely when i was a teenager and when i was training it kind of it, it engulfs it envelops your entire life whereas i think now I, I tend to listen to rock music and stuff that I enjoy, like, you know, outside of. Hmm. Here's a question which I, I sometimes get asked as well because I'm an unashamed musical theatre fan. Mm -hmm. Why musical theatre? Why, why did I get into it or why? Just why, do, why, why in general? Um, <laughs> mine's probably going to be a really boring, like sort of unemotional answer to that question. But I think, I think for me, I found something when I was quite young that I was, that I seem to be quite good at. It's a great answer. And I kind of went, okay, I, I like this. It's fun to do. And there's a chance I might be able to just about earn a living doing it. So I'm going to keep pushing at it and see whether I can rather than rather than going down one of the many other avenues that present themselves to you as you grow up, which yeah. may have been less sort of enjoyable on a day-to-day -day basis. And so apart from your extremely successful career, which has made <laughs> everything seem ridiculously easy as you just saunter from job to job, gaining more abs and more cash... More Definitely cameos. Not. There was no need for him to have wads of cash in his hand as he came in today. I thought that was a bit <laughs> obnoxious. Um, you, you know how much actors get paid. Don't give me that. <laughs> um, how how has it been? Have you had knockbacks in your career, and how oh, have you yeah. dealt with them? Definitely, it's the, the it's the hardest part. I had I was I started out so sort of lucky at the end of my training where I did. Rock yeah, because it sounds like you went straight from training into uh, a full UK tour, which is yeah. Well, no, the f my first job was in was Rock of Ages in in the West End for like the end of their run. Oh, here and we then, go. In then town. I went on the tour in town. In, in oh, town, yeah, I was in town. Yeah, um, yeah. So I went into that, which was obviously very fortunate, and then went on tour with the same show for nearly a year. But then after that, I kind of thought, oh, it'll be easy now. Cool, I've nailed it, done it, tick. Yeah. And then it wasn't. So then I had about a year where I kind of did a few sort of small bits and pieces, had big gaps. Uh, and that was hard and obviously a bit of a shock to the system because you kind of think, you kind of think once you've, once you've started that the jobs will kind of get themselves, like that one credit will get you, one thing will get you the next thing, but obviously it doesn't work like that at all. Um, I would imagine it works like that to a certain extent, but it, is it then just down to timing? May, maybe timing. I think 
people always assume that it's that there's a that there's an upward trajectory that there's kind of a ladder like with most industries but i don't i don't from my experience i'm from what i've from talking to other people i don't really ever feel that there is with acting i think so it, you I think could it's be, very up and down it's you just, could be the star of the show for yeah. 11 months and then your next job could be swing number yeah. four yeah completely. in the on half the money yeah. Or a third of the money. Yeah. Is that your phone, Dave? It's not actually, because it carried on buzzing, so it must be yours. Mine's, oh, on. mine's on airplane mode, mate. I'm a pro. That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> but um Right. Uh, yeah. so you've had no knockbacks and it's no, all I have, been easy. I have, I have. Right, no, great. Um, <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, listen, you, we wanted dark times and juicy gossip where you just went through hooker after hooker because yeah. it's the only way you could make yourself feel better. And all you've done is come in here with ten grand cash each <coughs> and a massive smile on your face. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah, job to job. It's been easy. All right, couple of couple of quick fire questions for yes. the fans. Favourite theatre you've ever performed in? Oh, uh, uh, the Edinburgh uh, Playhouse. That's good theatre. Favorite theatre. Favorite song you've sung professionally? Mm. Um, 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 oh, I, how bad that I can't remember the title. The, the Foreigner song. What is it? Want to know what love is? Yes, that one. Thank you. Okay. Best on stage kiss. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, can't answer that. Answer the question. <laughs> answer the mate. Goddamn question. Answer the question. <laughs> oh, I don't know. No, I can't. That I means can't there's been so it. many. Yeah, there's been so many ones. good ones. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. You got, there's a lot of different people. There's a the lot of girls <laughs> waiting by the phone here, being like, "Oh, you better say me." No, I know. Um, dream role. Oh, um, probably. It's really cliche, but probably Phantom in Phantom. Could have guessed that one. Oh, but it's he, a long way down the line. Uh, <sighs> anyway, <sighs> uh, outside of musical theatre, any musical ambitions? Oh. Um, I'd love to release an album at some point, like an EP or an album of, of my own. Sort of Originals? Thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Plug the vocal studio before we forget to do it. Go. This plug, This vocal studio? No, your one. My vocal studio. Oh, sorry. I thought you wanted... This one's great. So, Jeez. Oh, yeah. I also... <laughs> Rookie. <laughs> sorry. No. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I also mean... record vocal reels for people. They're called vocal demos. Where can um, people find you? Uh, our website is vocaldemos.co.uk or at vocal underscore demos on Twitter or our Facebook page is just vocal demos. That, that was all with a good vocal demo voice at vocal demos. <laughs> uh, let people know how they can find you on Instagram, social media, etc. Yeah, so I'm I'm always um, at Cam Sharp, C A M S H A R P six, which is interesting because you made sure that we gave your full name, Cameron Sharp, for equity purposes. I Where, did. Where's I the did. six from? This, oh, the six is because I set up the accounts when I was young and wish I hadn't put when a six on the When you were six? <laughs> how no, six what? was my lucky number. How old are I'd... you? Jesus Christ. <laughs> they probably were around when I was six, though. Sorry, to. <laughs> okay, so any other aspirations, goals that we need to uh, that we need to tick off the box? So Phantom of the Opera in the West End or Broadway, you oh. take that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. What, what about the Venetian Theatre in Vegas? <laughs> it's a great theatre. It's a good theatre. Yeah. I've been to Vegas. Good haven't blinds. Been to the Venetian. So you went yeah. to you went to good blinds. <laughs> Fuck you're the worst. Oh, <laughs> poor poor irrigation system. Uh. <laughs> <clears throat> but worth a punt. Definitely worth a punt. Oh, very, very oh, good. Oh come on. Oh, there's got to be more. Come, come on. on. <laughs> What's your favourite note at the Venetian theatre? Mine is gondola. Uh. End on a good one. Always end on a good one. Always end at the end. Um, what else do we need to know? For know. all the, the cameos and the sharpies. I don't know. That's a really open question. Well, exactly. <laughs> What's next? What's next? Um, 
random uh, some random things. I'm performing on a cruise ship. Nice. Um, Where? Sounds exotic. It is exotic, actually. It's a, a week on a ship with a, a band called the Runaround Kids. Nice. I like the um, sound of those guys. Yeah, yeah, to New yeah. York. A week to New York. I get to four whole hours in New York. <laughs> nice. Big times. Uh, paint the paint and you have right? something possibly penciled in for next year, I believe. Yeah, I don't know if I can say what that is yet. Okay, so, very hush-hush uh, on the download. So you are essentially like 90% of actors. You're now an out-of-work yeah. jobbing actor. Yeah. So you've gone from the glitz and the glamour of town to <laughs> job to job. Yeah. So for all those who are sitting at home thinking Cameron Sharp, yes, he did walk in here with like 10 grand in cash <laughs> and he's wearing two Rolexes. Unnecessary. On his ankles. <laughs> Unnecessary. <laughs> Just just bear him in mind as he struggles in New York and as he struggles with his big time hush hush job coming up next year, which we can't talk about. <laughs> I know we're about to wrap this up, but yeah. how, how has that been? How do you deal with time off? Because I'm terrible at it. I'm terrible at it. I my agent will he vouch for that. He just does sit-ups, mate. <laughs> it's pretty true. No, my agent will vouch for that. I I am the worst at waiting. I like I will I call him like every ten minutes. Like, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? I yeah, I I like auditioning. I like or I like the, the of course you bloody like auditioning. <laughs> you get in the job, mate. No, but I mean I like the bits that a lot of those bits that a lot of people really hate. But I cannot stand, especially when you finish an audition process and you're waiting to find out. I can't quick, do it. Quick question on yeah. that: Should they always tell you a yes or no? Oh yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. Yeah, because the yeah. open-ended wait, the open-ended waiting is horrendous, it's and the cruel. amount of jobs you find out about because someone posts some horrible cryptic thing on Twitter, like finally able, delighted yeah. to announce, oh, it's the <laughs> worst status. Good news ever. coming soon, and you're like, okay, didn't get that then. Yeah, um, yeah, I've, I've, that's happened to me a lot. I'm pretty horrible. sure you did that for the school of rock job that we were both up for. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have done that. <laughs> And on that bombshell, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wait, not on that bombshell. Oh. Before we go, yes, favorite sugar babe song. Oh, yeah. Push the button. <laughs> if you really want me, boy, you better. I, I, I think you fucked that. Did I? I don't know the sugar babe. If mate. you're ready for me, boy. Oh, I, I sing the uh, the non-radio version. It's a bit, <laughs> if you're a proper sugar babes fan, mate, you know that. <clears throat> if you're a proper sharpie, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, the incredible, the wonderful Cameron Sharp. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me, guys.